The following contains spoilers about Avengers Endgame and the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, true believers, to the Low Key Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Denny, and I'm here with Aaron Lanton. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Tim Malloy. Hello, hello. So today we're going to um, talk again about what we talked about last time, but kind of not about um, Avengers Endgame, because we finally saw the movie. Um, but instead of giving a full-fledged review on the movie, which um, I'm, I'm assuming everyone liked the movie. Um, it, if not, then I may question the, the company that I keep. <laughs> but more so like, just overall like the Avengers and even what the MCU have done um, the cultural impact of the films and pretty much how it changed the cinematic landscape in a sense right so I would like to start with for me I remember the first thought I was thinking when I was watching Endgame, like in comparison to the other films, which were all great, right? Uh, we had no, 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 they were not all great. No, no, I, I mean, like I was just about to say, we have hit or miss with like a couple of the Thor movies and maybe um, Age of Ultron, but for the most part, pretty good movies. It's a Hulk movie they never bring up anymore. And the Hulk I'm, movie that the fan awesome. Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> Angel Ultron was fine, man. Let, um, like, you know, we, we get your point. Yeah, yeah I, I was. Um, it's like funny because I was just I was in the gym today, and Age of Ultron was playing, and it made me think about Endgame. And I'm like, in comparison, this is just so small, right? Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. Like, just real quick, like, what kind of movies did they play at the gym you go to? I mean, like, that's kind of well, a, a good movie to be watching to get pumped well, this, up. I guess this wasn't at my gym, gym. This was at my work gym. Oh, okay. that's that's almost more confusing. My my job, just just a little tidbit. Like my job, every time I work out in the back, is literally no one back there. Mm-hmm. And every time somebody get back is back there, I'm like kind of excited in a way. But then also, I feel like you coming into my territory because I'm <laughs> the only person back there, and I'm like, this is my gym. But anyway, <laughs> <world> gym. <laughs> <laughs> this is my own personal gym. But anyway, um. So the first thing I was thinking, though, when I was watching Endgame, I was like, man, this is like a true epic. This was like watching Ben-Hur or the Ten Commandments or something, right? Damn. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. And I know with it being a superhero movie, everybody would be like, oh, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. But, I mean, to me, these superheroes, these characters, even like with being a comic book fan, they're like Martin Day american mythology and so Mm -hmm. even with the cgi yeah it's cgi yeah it's a lot of green screens getting thrown in there but you best believe if they had that when they were making ben-hur and the ten commandments if they had that type technology they would be using that shit of course so um so so what about what what do you think Aaron? like what type of impact do you think endgame is gonna have on or just the mcu is having on the culture thus far man the 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 thing that's actually crazy is when you say the culture and and you know kind of its impact i mean the thing to actually keep in mind about it is it's actually global it's it's not like 
just some American product and, you know, it's simply influencing here. There's a dude. I think this story is is um, confirmed by this point, but some guy was shouting out Avengers in-game spoilers outside of a Chinese movie theater and was assaulted. I mean, people don't play in China. They're like, no, no. Yeah, we about that, too. Don't don't be doing that. Uh, But that that kind of shows like how much people really, you know, became fans of this film uh, and and really rooted in, in, in like having that that kind of genuine um unfiltered experience and like to you know you you describe it as an epic and and, and, you know kind of like this contemporary mythology and i agree i mean when you see man when when everybody comes back and you see all those portals open up man i I was like this is not happening again like i I shed a tear i couldn't believe it because it's like you know when you're a child you imagine stuff like this happening Sound like in the same way you imagine flying cars by the year, you know, twenty twenty. Hey, before you go on, by the way, um, I forgot to say at the beginning, this will be some spoilers may get thrown in here and there. So oh, may get thrown in. They're definitely there. Yeah, uh, they're, they're gonna be some thrown in. But anyway, c- continue what you're saying. Yeah, but it's it it was it was like just wild. And and I think what's probably gonna be the most interesting thing out of this is the way it influences movies going forward this movie has so many things that are going to be redone and redone and also just like the russo brothers love of film there's so many references to other films in this movie mm-hmm. of course the biggest one being you know the lebowski references over Big and over lebowski. which yeah. it, fat thor the commitment they made to this oh i really appreciated that man that was really cool and so you know there's so many different things you could do with this. We're going to hear Love You 3000 in every rom-com for the next two decades, probably. Yeah. You know, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of different moments like that, but uh, I'll stop there for now. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be impactful, like at least for through the next generation easily. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that Tim? Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a big influence on other, I think it's, I think other movies are going to try to imitate it in terms of universe building. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of the most perfect cinematic universe we've ever had because, you know, Star Wars has made some mistakes and gone back and there's things that aren't totally consistent. Um, You know, Luke kissing Leia comes to mind. Um, (laughs) Definitely the DC movies are kind of falling apart in terms of continuity uh, when you have like a different Batman every few years. The MCU Marvel movies are like the most consistent, most perfect collection of movies in terms of the way they all work together that I've ever seen. Like, I think it's incredible that they did this over 22 movies. I mean, even James Bond, um, Jaws, <laughs> name, your, name your franchise, none of them hold together as well as this one does. I haven't seen the Harry Potter, so I'll give them. The I mean, and this isn't just a franchise, well, this is a universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An amazing universe. Yeah, because that's why I was say like it's hard to compare it to like in a way like 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 you you mentioned Harry Potter right Harry Potter is a good, good franchise but as far as creating a whole universe like that that's a whole completely different thing that's never been done effectively I guess they try to do it with the inclusion of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them mm-hmm. but um, it, it just doesn't work as well and and I've been trying to think about this like what is it that makes Marvel successful in that area 
and heart heart yeah I, so so let, let me say let me say why um when you watch the dc so i haven't watched his name so i don't want to judge him on that by the way and i haven't seen wonder woman still i know i'm slow but here here's something that i do know from watching batman versus superman i couldn't have given a damn less what was going on and it really wasn't about I mean, look, I'm fans of of DC properties and, and, and the Justice League, especially. I mean, those animated series, when I watch them, I still get rock, man. Like they're great, great stories. But it's like the in trying to I don't know if it's because they're trying to expedite and catch up to what Marvel has been doing so far. But you just don't you don't have a feel for who these characters are. And, and like, you know, they, they just feel really stiff and they lack they they lack reason for the different things they do uh, and the reasons that they do have are like really they don't feel earned so like you know that that really bad martha moment between bruce and um and clark where it's like oh I, you could kill me but take care of martha it's like okay dog like you serious like we hadn't even spent any time with either of these universes marthas but you want me to be all you know torn up or feel like that makes sense the movie Endgame begins with Hawkeye with his 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 family. Now, whether you know and you know you've seen the second Avengers film and you know it, well Age of Ultron, you kind of know some of that background. To see his family lost like that because of of this thing that Thanos has done, like it centers and gives gravity to all those who have been lost. Yeah. And it's just something that's like always missing in DC films. Like people get screwed up all the time, and they never really talk about casualties or like the smaller people or what they do outside of being heroes. Yeah, or like, things related like, to being. We heroes. don't even care that Superman dies in Batman versus Superman. That's a problem. It's a problem to not care that Superman dies. <laughs> like, um, whereas in you to go back to Endgame and Avengers, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I felt when Tony snapped. When he, oh, yeah. when he finally, and it, but it was just such an eventful moment just to hear Thanos say, I'm inevitable, and Tony respond by saying, I am Iron Man. But think about it when you're in the theater, though, <laughs> and so like, and you see that portal open, and everybody sees, I mean, like, every, I think no matter what theater you were in, people were clapping for, for certain people and, and, you know, excited, but like, everybody has that character they, that they feel really connected to and tied to. And even for some people, that's Captain Marvel, which just came out, which is great, you know, that they continue yeah. to build on that. It was that. It was that. And it's also like, I remember that moment in the movie theater. I felt like a child again. Hell yeah. Like, because it literally had everything that you would kind of, and that even in just that moment in itself, that from an imaginary creative standpoint, as a child, when you even when you're playing with toys, I remember be playing with toys. I had gargoyles here, X Men here, all these other characters just thrown into one. So you got this mixture of sci fi and fantasy all thrown together, and it was just like it was just it was so good to me. But I was thinking about why I think Marvel, in my opinion, has been successful with their universe building is because I think that they're taking, they're really just following the comics in a way. I mean, they make changes as far as the story, but as far as the structure and how you have like individual comics and then you bring these characters together, they pretty much doing the same thing that you see in the comic books. Now, with that being said, 
going back to like DC, I think DC works better when they do their own little individual thing. Right. Um, and I don't not, think it has to be that way, but, but that's been the case so far. It don't have to be that way, but even this is my personal opinion. Even the DC stories that I like, like some of the best graphic novels, DC graphic novels, just these little one off stories is not connected to anybody. OK, well, so in fairness, though, in fairness to, to, to the point you're making, if you look at how the universe started with Iron Man, say, for example. They laid the groundwork for possibly something going further than that, than, yes. you know, and being connected. But it like the story isn't centered around it. And in the only time the story centered around, like all these different connections is like when they're a big group together. Yeah. So, like, you know, the movies can work independently. So, like, Black Panther, you know, he's not really an Avenger in the MCU, but that movie works independently of the stuff where he's in Avengers movies. Um, same for Captain America films. Well, not the third one, because that's really an Avengers movie. But um, the thing is, being able to not be suffocated by that that expanded part of the universe has been difficult for DC because they're trying to skip steps. So, like, even if you look at, um, like, when they relaunched um, the New 52, well, really, okay, well, I'm talking about the DC stuff. So, well, I, you know, I don't want to go deep into that because that will be confusing. Every time DC reboots their comic universe, the, the, they do the same thing where, like, there's some um, global threat that's so big that they have to unite together in order to you know take it on otherwise the earth will be overrun by some alien force it's almost always an alien too um and that's fine and it can be like like some mythical godly stuff like aries but the thing is you have to give everybody the chance to shine you have to give you know kind of let everybody kind of have their personality moments and that's cool but i think when you center it around something like, for example, Bruce Wayne just being paranoid all the time and not really knowing what's coming up, that's not really enough to. That's something you do like in the second or third movie, not the first one, in my opinion. Because it, the thing is, we don't even have a connection to Bruce yet. They did that with Iron Man in the first Avengers film, but we already knew who who Tony was, and we had a sense of who the other characters were because we've seen them separately in their other movies doing their own thing. You know, but everything isn't centered simply around like this paranoia of this impending doom. I mean, actually, I hadn't thought about that, but they actually did copy that exactly from from what happened with it. They copied what they did with Avengers with Tony and his premonitions with Bruce and Batman versus Superman. Haven't even connected that before until just now. It's weird. I think putting these movies together is kind of like putting a band together. Like you need to start mm -hmm. off with a drummer and a bass player and then you can build from there. Once you have a drummer yeah. and a bass player, you can add a guitarist, you can add tambourine, you can add a flute player, you can add singers, you can add more singers, you can add whatever you want. But you got to have like a good drummer and a good bass player. And I think Iron Man was a really good drummer. Like he started the thing off like you really liked his groove and you really liked where he was going. It was pretty simple and straightforward. And then you could start throwing crazy stuff on top of it. And they started at first with the Hulk, who was not a drummer at all. The Hulk is like <laughs> Axl Rose. The Hulk is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't know where he's going to go. And they realized that it, that didn't work and they had to sort of restart with Tony Stark. And once they did that and started building on that, I think it worked perfectly. Now, that was Edward Norton, right? Yeah. yeah. They, Initially, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with DC, they never really found their drummer. I mean, it made sense that it would be Superman because, you know, he's first. But Superman is so kind of boring as a character 
you kind of need to find a way to turn him into a wild card. You need to like make Batman your drummer, make him like your basic guy. So, so, but okay. So my question about that is it, the question I would have to ask you if we're comparing it to DC, like like we've been doing, is the issue the characters? Like, okay, like how much of it is it is it character and script, and what the actor can bring to it? Because I've I always have had a few questions about like, because I actually think. Um, um, oh my God! Is it Calvell? What's what's his Henry last name? Cavell. Yeah, Henry Cavell. Um, I thought he was fine. I thought the script kind of failed him a little bit, though. In in Man of Steel, for uh, example, I I think he did what they wanted him to do, and I think that he, to me, like aesthetically and playing the role, I think he was a decent Superman. Um, I, yeah, I think their castings are good. I think Affleck was actually a good Batman. I think Gal Gadot is incredible as Wonder Woman. I think Jason yep. Momoa is a really good idea for Aquaman. Like they're good at casting. I don't like the Flash though. <clears throat> or Simon. as 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 now again, is this like a script question? Is it the actor? Do you, I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying like the actor's bad. I'm saying like, do you think that's the right fit for how they're trying to do it? I feel like the actor was how he normally is in most movies, and um, it just didn't feel like Flash, you know. But um, I don't. I, I think it kind of goes back to and also like that they Iron Man, like adding to what Tim has said, he pretty much laid the groundwork of what this cinematic universe would be like. You know, like there will be stakes, but there also will be humor. Um, it's gonna you have to have origin stories for everybody. Yeah, you had to have origin stories. But, but, but what I mean is like, do they have to be like at similar points in their career? Yeah, because because like if you think about it, one of the things that was kind of weird about how they tried to do it with DC, Batman is technically near the end. Yeah, I'm Superman, and it's not like everybody else is. Well, Wonder Woman had been around, but like not really present publicly, um, a whole lot. It's kind of like I think if you would have, I feel like in my mind, I don't, I wonder what it would have been like if Marvel started their universe off in the exact order. Like if they started off with Captain Marvel, then went to Captain America, then when, what would it be next? Then Hulk and then Iron Man. I think there are reasons that, that probably wouldn't work. I mean, one, the one the, re, the reason Captain Marvel can work better for people is they've already they're like really deep into the space lore by that time. Yeah, because you know, you've had a couple of Guardians of the Galaxy, and and Iron Man does kind of build up into this world, like because it, it starts off in a world that we're familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is the the, the in most, Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah. it's in it, Afghanistan, and some of it seems you know you know it's sci-fi, but some of it seems somewhat plausible. I have, but, a, but I have a friend. It, Real quick, shout out my friend Mike Sinisi. He told mm-hmm. me he took his wife to see Iron Man, and he told he was trying to convince her to see a superhero movie. So he just told her it was based on a true story and made sure she oh. didn't see the poster or anything. And they made it like 30 minutes into the movie before like he started flying, and she was like, this isn't based on a true story. But it was like, it was grounded enough <laughs> that like a smart, you know, involved person who pays attention, like couldn't really tell that story yeah. from a superhero movie for a good long time because it was that grounded. And exactly. that's a huge compliment to those movies. Yeah, and, it and it's it's up. really grap that movie, I know it's it's been a while, but I don't know when is the last time you you've seen it, uh either of you. It's been years and years it's for me. Still holds up. I seen it last year. 
but dude, it it's like really grappling with some real stuff. Like, okay, I'm I'm if I continue to just you know basically operate it like you know everything's for for growth and and nothing else, then like I'm basically a war profit here, you know. And am I totally cool with that? And what are the consequences of that? And really, he doesn't have to grapple with it until. He is a victim to that violence and he realizes I don't want the world to be this way. I can make a difference with my talent and my mind. I want to do that. And like that's I mean, like as an origin story, just being real, that's so much more powerful than my parents got shot in an alley. Yeah. And and I, I even think I and I like the um the parallels between him and Captain America. Like Steve Rogers was just, he was heroic from the jump, from jumping on top of a grenade, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, just being this, this scrawny dude that just always had a heart. Yeah. And that's, so, so even though, like towards the end of the end game, when he's facing up against Thanos, it does not make sense for this man to be fighting this, this Titan, right? And yeah. then the whole army comes off and he's still putting that shield on, like, I'm about to still go to war. I'm still on battle. I'm still a warrior um, because and, and you know, he always had that heroic self-sacrifice and hard. Whereas in the beginning, we had Tony, who was all about self until he had that revelation what um, Aaron was talking about. But even still, he still was kind of somewhat of an a-hole here and there. <laughs> so, so let me ask you guys another question, too, about just stuff in the film. How did you feel about the cross promotion? with Fortnite, did y'all care at all did this bother you because you know there's a lot more talk about like how you can kind of squeeze my advertising dollars out of certain stuff and dc did it early i don't know if you guys remember like i think it's like turkish airlines and some other stuff i didn't think twice about it i think that i i think the reason why they did it was i think um there was something where in Fortnite they had a a thanos challenge or something that was yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so it was just a nod to that i mean and Fortnite is just popular shit. I don't know. I don't play the shit, but the kids seem to like it. I'm sure some kids in the movie theater that was like, you know, real happy to see that Fortnite was in it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't play it, but it's popular. <laughs> didn't work on me because I don't know what Fortnite is. Yeah, I saw like, they were playing like a video game and I didn't care what it was. I just thought it was funny. Your spell doesn't work on me. I don't even <laughs> know how to spell stupid. <laughs> Man, I just exactly. I love, the, I love the, the dude Thor. Uh, this has got to be my favorite Thor. Like, that was <laughs> such a good joke. I mean, after all the times they've built him up to be like this, like super Superman, and like even like posting workout videos and stuff like that, showing us his routine to get in shape for the movie, and then to pull that was fantastic. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. And and to make it funnier, like. They could, like I said, they committed to it through the whole thing, but it actually, I know people don't think about this stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm geeky like this. I'm watching it in the middle. I'm like, when he comes out with uh, Captain America and, and Iron Man, and I'm like, oh, snap. He's, he's still fat Thor. Like, he ain't had time to, like, get back in shape, and, like, he, ain't, he can't use his full power. And then <laughs> Captain America grabs me on and I'm like, is he sharing his power? Oh! <laughs> I mean, but, but Thor... Thor is still Thor, rather he rather he's he, still uh, Thor, but he ain't full power Thor. You know, like he he's fat Thor, so that's like probably like 60 percent Thor. Uh, I think I think he was as strong as he could be. I mean, he was. He ain't, throw, 
look in in uh, Infinity War, he threw a rainbow axe at at, uh, Thanos, and Thanos would have straight up died with the gauntlet. He just didn't see it, you know. So Uh, I mean, this is the thing he he kicked Thor ass before when he was muscular Thor. Uh, not when he got came back with that rainbow axe and he was powered by the sun. He didn't see it coming. He he was over there. He was so focused on what he was doing. Thor just got the drop on him. Hey. And Thor could have ended it if he would have took his head you, off. You get the drop. Oh man, I cannot make a Game of Thrones joke. Ah. I will. I will say that giant. That giant man in Game of Thrones, the really huge guy who crushed the who poked out the other dude's eyes. Remember that guy. That yep. guy is not like 2% body fat. That guy's just like a generally big guy. So I think Big Thor might have been stronger than regular Thor. That's what I'm saying. He's probably just as strong. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, I like, I like when he um, like when he had both of the hammers and then his beard had the little braid. Yeah. Like his beard instantly got braided. Did you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, they had a lot of little fun references like when uh-huh. Easter eggs for for you know comic book fans and like they weren't like hidden obscure easter egg in the background it was like actually on the characters and things they were saying oh, and doing is can, this can just, or is this movie a lot like back to the future too oh yeah or, it is of course yeah i mean they made that reference which is really hilarious and then they made baby hitler jokes that was amazing i did not see that coming in a room full of kids that's stuff people think about though of course but, but tim, <laughs> tim what were you finna say you, you said you had a question right well, I love Back to the Future 2 so much, and to go back over 20 movies as opposed to over one movie was fantastic. But my other question is, yeah. remember when Thor wants to wield the gauntlet and they like hold him back? Is it like Cap or Iron Man who's like, not this time, buddy. Not right now. Oh, One of them tells that's Thor not Iron to Man. do it. All right. Yeah. So check it out. Tony Stark is like, hold on, man. Tony Stark thinks that either Thor or Hulk is the strongest Avenger. And there's even that argument during Ragnarok about who is the strongest mm-hmm. Avenger. Um. It would normally be Thor. Thor would normally be the guy who has to take the gauntlet. In this movie, because Thor has let himself fall apart, I would argue more from alcohol than from eating. He Probably. he isn't there to have the gauntlet, and Iron Man has to die. Like, if Thor had been full Thor, if he hadn't been a little, like, sloppy Thor, like with the booze and whatnot, I think Iron Man would still be alive. But that's part of my argument, too. It's it's multiple things where he's not as strong as he is. You know what I mean? Like, he's not fit to wear the gauntlet at that moment. He's probably fine to fight, but yeah. that, that that's about it. Like, And they uh, demonstrate that by him being completely unable to just, like, explain where the damn stone is. He starts talking about his, this is my old flame, Jane, and, you know, <laughs> all this other stuff, which is hilarious. I think from a common sense standpoint, I think Captain Marvel could have snapped the gauntlet and survived. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, I mean, but I think from a yeah, narrative, they, they weren't going to hand her the gauntlet, I would though. Have turned out the way that it did, because if you if you let her do it, it doesn't have the same impact as having Tony do it and die. Well, that and also, I mean, it feels a little think you, you, yeah. machina to have the person from the last movie swoop in and save the day. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think... Well, also, it wouldn't have the narrative impact. I mean, regardless no, somebody's it would, dying. It wouldn't have the narrative or the gravitas, but, but what I'm saying is that, like, if I was in that situation, like, let's say if I'm Tony Stark or I'm Iron Man or Captain America or whatever, the first thing I'm going to think is, like, damn, this woman over here is powerful as shit. I right. bet if she used the gauntlet, she could survive. Which she ain't I, there. She could. She, she, she ain't there. there. She could have gotten there quick, but you know, I, I still, 
I, I could have just he could have just took it and just handed it to him. Yeah, but I think their whole thing was like we did all the work for it. We gonna be the ones to do it. True. Like, you know, I mean, no, I they, think you know they lost Natasha. You know, that was a sad moment too. Oh yeah, that was very sad. Man, I, I was there were so many moves, uh, moments. I I just was like, oh my god, like I can't take this right now. Um, that was definitely one of them. Like, and and it was, it was funny because like I, I feel like there's so many random things that we didn't get resolved, and and you know I'm I'm fine with it. I I think the way the movie handled a lot of things worked. I really want wish that Bruce and Natasha could have sorted out their business, you know. But oh yeah, what well that me? that goes to our predictions from last week. I mean, did anything come true? I didn't write them down, unfortunately. Well, um, Tim, <laughs> I know yours came true about Cap going back to the past. Yeah. That's, not why, that's not why I brought it up at all, but... No, look, <laughs> when I saw that, I said, damn, I feel like Tim saw this movie because it happened exactly like you said it. Like, But, but then it, it made sense. You I know? wanted it. I mean, it didn't make any sense, but I wanted it. Yeah, I don't I, understand how it happened, but I'm glad it happened. Look, I'm very glad that it happened. But then I do think that the part does, that makes you think like, damn, so was he involved with anything else, you know, since he went back or whatever? Um, Mm, That's true. That was a good one. But then then my my theory came true too, though. Which one? I was saying that I believe that they were going to split up in teams, go back in time and get the finish. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's the only way. Even the point you made about the glove maybe not having each of the stones in it and realize that the stones were gone, that came true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that came exactly true. It came through a little bit differently than I thought because I, I just imagine a moment where he tried to snap and the, and the stones were gone. But that well, was I like, mean, that, that, that was what happened, though, because that Tony... Is exactly as Keith yeah. described it last week. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. remember, he, they made it out of his tech, and so he was somehow able to slip it off Thanos and put it on himself real quick. Mm-hmm. I think, but but my my theory was that once they went back and and took the stones, it was gonna go back to the present moment to when right before he snapped. But when he snapped, the stones were gone. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, oh, I, I oh, knew it would go it, back to the first. It would go back to Avengers: Infinity War. Mm, like that's true. I kind of, I kind of, the reason I didn't think that would happen is because I just didn't think they wanted to return to Wakanda as a battle spot. Because they had already done it. Yeah, I like for like for like a big big moment, you know. First off, where did Valkyrie get this Pegasus from? I think that was like one of the coolest things. Hey, you know what? But see, everybody came out of portal, so I assume they came from. They were at they they house or whatever. And oh, we you need us? All right, let me go get my Pegasus right quick. Man, everybody. What what did y'all think about uh, T'Challa? (laughs) T'Challa playing football. Shuri Shuri coming through the portal first. <laughs> okay, so so all right. L- l- now let me let me let me do the thing. I know some people were thinking. <laughs> so there's that moment w- which you know the, the SJW have to be uh had to be you know quelled oh, or something. That, that um, was so great. I mean, so so every- so so that moment, and then and then the women moment. There were all the women like had this moment where they come together and like she's not alone, and like they all jump with her. I actually thought it was really cool. Like I, I was cool. like, it, it didn't make any sense, but I, I, that's one of the moments where you like, I'm watching a movie. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, like, I it was fine. I, I I enjoyed it. And I mean, before I, that, what was really cool is how the only person that actually, if you look at it, made Thanos sweat for real was Scarlet Witch. 
She was like, yeah. where is Thanos? Goes, I'm going to kill him. And like, he was like, bring it on. I don't care. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-uh, shoot her. Shoot everybody. Shoot every. I don't even care. Just yeah. get me the fuck out of here. I'm going to die. He said, I don't even know you. <laughs> you will. I think some of the Thanos lines were some of the best Thanos lines like I've ever heard. Like, even the, I can't even say word for word what he said. But the fact that he was talking to them like they were his children, like he did it in the first one, in the yeah. first. Uh, man was like, I is never a person, but I'm going to really enjoy what I do to this planet. Exactly. And then, and then how he said, he said, y'all just, y'all ungrateful. Like, I'm going to just have to wipe out everybody and just start over. Like, just like, so no, but he said, I'm thankful for you teaching me this lesson or something like that. So I don't remember verbatim what it was, but oh, yeah. This dude, and then how he was just sitting down there, like, uh, what? Uh, never just said, "What you gonna do?" I'm gonna just sit here and wait. I said, "Now nah, that's some real gangster, run up, get done up, knuck if you buck ass shit." <laughs> sit down. They see him, and he just sitting there looking like real deal, like run up, get done up. He just. <laughs> and it, 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 but see, the thing is, it still it won't work if. Certain things aren't established. Like one thing that was really fun about Batman vs Superman is like, was it? Is it the other one? I can't even remember now because they both so weird. But, um, so whichever one has Aries in it, and it's like, why does he care to do what he wants to do? I real man, this is one of the moments I wish we were seeing Game of Thrones Battle of Winterfell last night. Um, don't don't talk about Game. No, 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 no. I'm not going to. But but, but there's a good. Don't even, I'm, I'm just saying there's a good comparison between three different like uh, archetypes of villain, and it's just interesting because like when you have like no sense of of character for like a main antagonist, it kind of screws up some stuff because it's like, what am I here for? Are you talking about Stephen Wolf? Yes, yeah. I said I kept saying Aries. I meant Stephen Wolf. I'm, I'm Aries thinking is in Wonder Woman. Stephen Wolf is in Justice League. There we go. Thank you. I've been screwing up the whole time. But I just don't feel like you can get away with that for like these really epic level movies. Like you need to at least have a sense of what the you know, what what drives them, what do they care about? Even if it's something super basic, you know, but like give me a sense of what that means to this to this character. And if I don't understand that, then you know, a lot of what makes it feel impactful ends up being lost and and it doesn't have to take a huge epic saga but when you can can pull that off with that you know an ip that has so many different personalities and characters and powers and and locations um i mean you, you really should should do what you can to like really bring that out and i love the dc did try that like it's weird because ryan reynolds has been a part of so many different parts of this he's been green lantern he's been deadpool Two different kinds of Deadpool. He hasn't been in the MCU specifically, but with the Fox X-Men properties. And it's been really interesting to see. Because basically he's in three separate universes. Because that X-Men, well, that Wolverine movie that had him as Deadpool is a different universe from the Deadpool universe. Which is different, of course, from the Green Lantern stuff. But like he, he's, he is like, you know, it's interesting to see how he's functioned in each one. Like, I think... You know, writing a good script is important, but placing the right person in the right role, I think, is just as important, too. And I do think while DC has casted good talent, I don't think they've really cast correctly for the way that they portrayed the characters. 
So um, going back to Endgame, do you guys think that Endgame succeeds as a movie in itself, like as a standalone movie? So no, because like, you because you'd have to. So the reason I would say no is you'd have to make that movie at least another hour and then like take stuff from Infinity War and throw it in there and then you know because it wouldn't make sense what was happening. Um, okay, so so with that being said, does that make it not that good of a movie then? No. Like if it can't if it cannot tell the story to where like people can really understand it within its three hour runtime. In my opinion, I think it fails. No, no, no. Okay, so all right. Here, here, here's what I mean by that. What we're talking about, this larger topic, and like how it shapes cinema. I think that's going to change, and how people view this is going to change, because it's it's essential to like it, it just happens to be essential to what you need. It'd be like saying, well, this breaking an episode of Breaking Bad that's excellent work by itself, and it's like, well. It can because it's really thrilling and, and dramatic, but like it really helps if you had this additional context. Okay, so so that's interesting. So it's kind of like how people are saying, and and we see that how TV shows are becoming more like movies. So now it's almost like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have movies becoming more like TV shows. I think it works as a standalone, or at least as a two-parter with Infinity Game. But it rewards you so much if you've seen the previous movies. Like, mm-hmm. you get so exactly. much more movie and so much more. I mean, my wife is watching it. She's like, I've seen a couple of these. They're fine. She's like, that was possible. I give that movie a six. I've seen this stuff and I've read every comic book for the last, you know, however many years. And for me, it's like an incredible emotional, like, waterfall of everything that I, like, have loved since I was eight coming back on screen. So it's like, it's a much more powerful and emotional experience for me than it is for her. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, too, about that, Tim. You... You read, have you read the Infinity Gauntlet? Actually, no, I've avoided it because I never what? liked Th- I never liked Thanos as a comic character, and uh, I never really liked the whole um, space I love version of Marvel. Death. Yeah, and it was never you know into what? it. So these have worked for me even without that. You know, it's interesting that you say that. So I, I, I know you guys saw I had just bought Infinity Gauntlet like last week. Mm. So I finished reading it the other day, and I didn't like it that much. It's a totally different story, like and his, his motivations are totally different. His and and I could deal with him having the different motivations to impress Death and so on and so forth. It just overall just wasn't a story that I just felt invested in. Isn't that and, the one where Nebula gets the Infinity Gauntlet at the end? She gets it, and then they have to turn back around and try to beat her, and then Adam Warlock gets it, and then for one, it, it's too many other powers involved. Yeah, it's too many other powers, and then also there seems to be no repercussions for using the gauntlet right mm-hmm. like and this and in, in these movies when you use the gauntlet you can get you can it can do can't can't anybody just use the gauntlet like that and not lose something from it well part of the thing too is the gauntlet's so much more powerful in the comics like he's like yeah. destroying it, eternity and shit you're like the, eternity it's it's one part where this one god is throwing planets at him 
And he's yeah. like, eh, whatever. Knocking them out the way. I'm like, this is too much. This is too fucking. Yeah, that's like, I think issue like four or five in it. Like, when it just, he's already eliminated all Earth's heroes. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to just go fight like these abstract beings who like are the most powerful things. You know, they they the come for him. Like, the Lactus, everybody come for him and they get served. But anyway, it's just not a, a interesting story to me. There's no stakes uh-huh. anymore. I mean, it's like, I care more about whether Daredevil can save. You know, Hell's Kitchen, or whether Hawkeye can save his apartment complex, then I care about the Anos in the universe. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, you know, the stakes are just too high. Um, so, 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 do you, so with that being said, like we're talking about how this might change the shape of cinema in some type of way, is, is it really a good thing? I get, okay, so first, I think we have to define what do we, think that change leads to so i mean it's not like we don't have franchises already um scary movies a franchise now and it, 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 it does well, have do they have continuity well, throughout well, not really that's, that's that's being a franchise and creating a universe i say the right, closest right. thing to that okay. that's been somewhat successful is the conjuring universe the i don't know if i watch the the horror movies um the conjuring oh conjuring yeah, yeah. well i mean you got you got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you know the. Uh, Once again, those that's different. Those are just like franchises. I'm talking about like movies that's kind of offset, that's not that's connected to each other in some type of way. You know what I mean? I mean, I think. All right, so I guess I will put it this way: what you're thinking of when you say universe is a series of films connected through protagonists like so it, the, a movie a, a universe could have a different protagonist in several different movies and then at some point they all come together for something and yeah. one single is it like that what you mean by universe yeah just like what they did with um with um with, with, with what we're talking about what the mcu did with the avengers i just contradicted that that's funny yeah. um the only other people i think in a way fast and furious kind of did it in a way yeah. there's a fast and yeah, they definitely have a universe. I mean, yeah. especially they, with the new movie getting ready to come out with uh, Idris, The Rock, and uh, um, Jason Statham. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so they might branch out and do more stories and maybe bring the whole crew back together. I don't know. I, I stopped oh, watching. Yeah, yeah, they definitely will, without a doubt. Those movies make way too much money. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I think in my mind, I, I, I love I love what um, the MCU did. I just don't want this to become a standard. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. I, I look at it like like Christopher Nolan in the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. He makes those three movies. That's like a mini franchise because he only makes three and he's disciplined and then he cuts it off. But after that, he uses those movies to get Inception made, which is which I guess actually came out in the middle. But Inception is a totally insane movie and a totally original concept that I don't think he ever would have gotten made if he hadn't had the Dark Knight win behind him. And then after mm-hmm. that, he does, he does Dunkirk, which is a flat-out bizarre movie. Really well, and expensive. then before that, he did uh, Interstellar, right? Is that the name of it? Yeah. yeah he, he makes did. these very weird, very particular types of movies with no IP behind them and no like, pre-existing story that I don't think he could have gotten greenlit unless he'd, made, he'd had the huge success of the Dark Knight movies. So I feel like if you can jump off of them to make some personal project, maybe at a higher budget than you could have otherwise, I think it's great to have these types of movies. Yeah. I th- I think it just it depends on you know what you gotta have your drummer you gotta have your bass like Tim said they ain't got that 
Like that's you you gotta like really, really bond to people's vision. I think one of the, the things that and the th- so I, I'm not speaking of this as, as if I know the ins and outs of why these things happen, but um we do have situations with the DC universe where we've seen that there is a lot of turnover, you know, as far as like the decision makers for these different movies. Like, I mean, I know they've rewritten and rewritten and all kind of stuff for this upcoming Batman movie. And then it had, uh, you know, Affleck in it. Then he wasn't, then he was in, then he was out. I don't even know where it's at now, but there has to be somebody steering the ship and they have to be able to make that final decision. They have to be a trusted visionary and Marvel's had that. And DC, I think intends to, but like one way or another, you know, I I think what happens is like, they don't have the critical success and, and they don't have the, monetary success at the box office and then they start switching gears and, you know and they just haven't committed to a vision that's not just about the heroes i mean one of the reasons i think it has been kind of weird for people is you know I, I think Zack snyder is a fine director i don't know how how great he's been as somebody who's like used to set up a franchise because his whole thing is like you know, my perception of how these characters function should, like, dominate everything. Like, this whole thing, he, he, he's, like, recently even gone on this rant about how, you know, Batman kills people, you, you nerds need to get over it. And it's like, uh, okay, man, like, I, I guess you can, you can, you know, go at your audience, like, your base like that for these things. But, you mean, maybe kind of hear them out. Maybe there's a reason to saying that. I mean, Batman killing is not, like, just, in you know, going to make people turn around, but if you're so committed to a vision like that, that you're willing to like kind of castigate people for disagreeing and, you know, I don't know, maybe like you ain't a fan the same way the people who went to the films are. I just, I guess my thing, I just don't like the idea of, um, as, like I said, as much as I love these movies, I don't want there to be so many of these like little universes trying to pop up, you know? What, where would this happen outside of comics, though? Like, I'm not, I'm not I mean, they, sure okay. what the fear is. It's, okay, go back to what I just said about the Conjuring. They tried to do it with the Mummy. They tried to, you know, no, but, they, but they, they didn't. That was the the Universal monster um, thing they were hoping to do. But but that was just that wasn't a good movie. You know, what yeah, I mean? like, it wasn't a good movie. But the, the, their whole point in making that they were making it with the mindset that okay we're gonna make all these other movies and it's gonna be a part of this bigger universe you know but but so okay are you i I guess my question it doesn't sound like you're opposed to the idea of the (laughs) the shared universe but like a bad movie but like i'm asking i'm saying like if you're trying to diagnose it what is making it a problem because to me it doesn't sound like conceptually you're you have a problem with the universes but like why why is that a problem to have movies that do that i think the problem is is that if we see how like how like Hollywood change or just art in general, right? People um, start to gravitate into what they think is going to make the most money, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have people investing in these production companies, investing and trying to put more money into these concepts that can create a bigger universe, like what the MCU did, and not so much focusing on these more small individual pictures that have just as much heart but just want to say something in one film, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think they got to use the money they get from these big movies to finance little movies. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. An obli- I think they got an obligation to do that, and if they're not doing it, then we should revolt. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's interesting is, 
Marvel has consistently been willing to like hand their their precious properties over to people who are not in the old guard. So if you look at, for example, somebody like, um, um, oh my God, why is his name escaping me at this moment? I feel so crazy. Um, he did Fruitvale Station. He did. Wow. Um, yeah, he's not part of the old guard. He's an up and coming guy who's you know able to do stuff and put his own vision to it. You know, I even think you know somebody like James Gunn. I wouldn't say he's old guard. I mean, he he's an established veteran, but you know he's not like steeped in like a, a very you know kind of strict way or not strict is not the word i'm looking for his previous so, movie was like three million dollars yeah like you know but but the thing is like his sense his sense of filmmaking isn't tethered to like i need some gigantic budget to do this thing like i can make a film work in a certain way and bring a character um without needing all that extra stuff yeah I, yet, have, yeah i was gonna say i think they base the choice on directors based off what type of movie they're trying to make yeah, but I mean, they're choosing people who aren't like traditionally like big, big action guys. You know what I mean? Sure, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to look at, in a sense, Guardians of the Galaxy is a comedy. Yeah. Right? Like, at its core, Guardians of the Galaxy is a comedy. Who did Thor Ragnarok as a director? Tidy, I can't. I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's like Tidy. What? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, they get people who, based off what type of story they're trying to tell, because I think Ryan Coogler was perfect in the aspect and like telling like you know real good character pieces. Yeah, I take, take away TD. Sorry, by the way. Okay. Yeah, like I I wonder like um, it's like does the director come to them and say here's my vision or do they go out and seek those people? Like I'd be really interested to kind of like learn what their process is I because they, I think they actually go and find the director. I don't know. I'm assuming. It's it's really fascinating because they they give a lot of people opportunities and they and they let the culture in each of in each of the visions for these different uh, directors and producers really shine. Like, I mean, Black Panther, of course, is, is to me like a standout example of that. I mean, where else could you do Black Panther? Like, it, it's not even the idea that like you could pitch a story and then like and then it's okay. Well, here's your script. All right, yeah, we'll let you make that. And then you start making it, and then they're like, actually, no, we don't want all that stuff in there. Like, that's too much. We can't have you talking about, you know, the drug trade. Even if you don't say it specifically, we can't have you having all these African things in there. You you have to call uh, M'Baku uh, Ape Man. Like, you know, there'd be, like, all these things and changes, like, they wouldn't let you you play around with and, and like, have that real control and authenticity of, of culture there. And that's just a real credit to Disney and what they've allowed to to, you know, really um, just kind of boil, you know, and, and, and turn into like this real crazy, you know, unprecedented thing. Like it's a real credit to them. Yeah. yeah. And may, maybe that's another reason why it works. It's kind of like making a superhero movie without letting people know that they're watching a superhero movie. Right. Um, kind of like what what we were saying about Iron Man. You could watch the first 15, 20 minutes of Iron Man and not know that you're watching a superhero movie till you start flying in the suit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think essentially it's just about like telling the particular story that you want to tell. Um, mm-hmm. Like how like um, I think I mentioned this once before, but like if I was just watching Captain America, and, like let's say I don't really know much about Captain America, I think I would like especially Winter Soldier. 
I think I would still love the movie because oh I, my god, that was such a I've, great damn I've movie. I've seen movies that were like this. I've seen spy thrillers, and that's mm-hmm. essentially what it is. I mean, the only comic book movie I think that even is close to the quality of The Dark Knight is uh, the is uh, Winter Soldier. That's such a great action movie. Like just period. Yeah, um, it's, it's a it's a straight you know good action movie, good thriller, but it's something. I think what it is is making something that's familiar without seeming too much like a superhero film in a way, you know? Yeah, but also, man, those action sequences, oh, my God. Like, just everything about it was like that elevator. To see, I love, there's so many itty-bitty things in Endgame that they call back to in, like, that universe, like that elevator scene. Oh, yeah. And you're like, is he going to be to everybody up in it? And then he's like, Hell Hydra. And I was like, oh, that was even better than beating everybody's ass in the elevator. Yeah, I think I think I like how every um, when when they go back in time, it, it always felt like a different movie from the MCU. Yes, like yes. When they're in outer space, it kind of reminds you of Guardians of the Galaxy, especially when you see um, Peter Quill dancing and shit. Oh my god! Yeah, because and it's like the absurdity of him dancing with a tape recorder in his ear by himself, and he's like, "This guy's an idiot, isn't he?" Yeah, or, or the Ant Man stuff, like how he was doing the time heist. And how Ant Man boos they're always doing some type of little heist or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but this time he doing it with Captain America and the Iron Man. It was so fun. It, or even like uh <laughs> I had me tripping when and it's like how Hulk was so embarrassed, they go there and he's like, Oh, oh and then um they look at Bruce and he's like, okay, man. Yeah. And they're like, go go smash him's like, okay, uh-huh. I was What's like, that's just not who he is anymore. He's just he's grown so much, you know, especially since Ragnarok. Yeah, I really did enjoy Professor Hope. But but yeah, so I guess we need to go ahead and wrap up now. Um, we've been rocking with you guys for for a good while. So make sure you guys leave us a review. Um I'm I'm cool with I prefer a good review and five stars, but you know <laughs> we take what we can get out here, right? Yeah, if you made it this far, you know what's up. Go on, hit the five stars. Ain't no big. Go on, on write like a little couple sentence paragraph for us right quick. Yeah. Uh, And be sure to check out Tim Malloy's um, podcast that he has with his wife. Um, Shoot this Uh, now. And (laughs) and me and Aaron's podcast, Meanwhile in the Multiverse, if you guys want to hear more. But um, thanks for rocking with us, and we out of here. Catch you on the next one. All right, peace.